0: Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast, Bible-believing preaching, emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join it in progress. Look at uh, Mark chapter 5 and verse 1, and uh, I want to read this to you. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes, and when he was come out, that's Jesus Christ, was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. Lord's laid it on my heart to talk about demonism, demon possession, and demon influence, unclean spirits, and devils. Things you need to look for and spot to see demon influence on people, and demon possession, and people who are demon possessed. One thing that Christians forget that they they don't think about is that there is a spiritual realm. There's there's devils. There's unclean spirits. Uh, we call them today demons but the, uh, the bible calls them unclean spirits it calls them devils they're real the devil is real he's a he's a being the devil is a being he's a very powerful being that god's created and there's these unclean spirits around us the way god god always tries to show us things in the physical realm to try to show us what's going on in the spiritual realm and the best way I can describe it these unclean spirits and these devils are like a it's like going around a nasty place and picking up germs and diseases and that's, that's what they are. They're like spiritual germs and spiritual diseases. You go into places that are filthy and spiritually nasty, and you can, whatever comes in your hand, I, to me it's always bars and honky-tonks. You go around places where there's, there's spiritual wickedness and spiritual nastiness, you're going to be lucky if you don't pick up some kind of spiritual disease in there. An unclean spirit, a devil of some kind. And let's look at this stuff. And I hope that this will uh, wake you up a little bit. I come out of an occult background before I got saved. I was messing with the occult, trying to conjure up demons, trying to do all this stuff. Some of this stuff going on in my life, personally. Some of these things we're about to read. And that was very real to me. And I've seen some stuff and heard some stuff that's very real to me. And I've seen Satan work. Satan has power. And he gives people power. And some of this stuff works. And I'm not saying it's right, but some of it works. And not forget that there's demons and unclean spirits and devils out everywhere. Look at verse 2. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now, the Gospel of Luke records this man being naked. He records this man coming out naked. So one of the first signs of demon influence or demon possession is nakedness. And don't you see that in the world today? You, you, when you go into Walmart, you'll see people like that. You'll go into Walmart and you'll see people in the way they're dressed, and the, it, it would make somebody in the 50s blush. It's, it's embarrassing. And they need to go put clothes on. And that's a sign of demon influence. Verse 3. Who had this man, this unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs? A demon influence, uh, you have an affinity for death. You think about death a lot. They think about death all the time. They want to see death on TV. They want to see death in the movies. They want to see people getting cut up. They want to see people being burned, being killed. That's the world today. That's the way people are today. There's lots and lots and tons of movie, horror movies of people literally just being... They watch people getting cut in pieces on TV. And these kids are watching this. We're talking about 8, 910 year old kids, even younger, are getting a hold of this stuff. And they're watching a TV screen with people getting cut up and murdered and killed and sliced up and all this wicked stuff. And they have affinity for death. And a lot of things they wear will have skulls on them, pictures of skulls, skull rings, skull necklaces. This all about death. And there's an affinity to death. A lot of black, they wear a lot of black. And they want to color their hair black, and they want to they think about death and they, they do all this stuff. That's a demon influence on a person's life. That's the devil working in people's lives, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. This man had unnatural strength. This man had the, the devil through these devils and this unclean spirits had given him this incredible strength, and they'd try to chain this guy up, and he'd just just break the chains. That's one of the signs of demon influence, of demon possession, is unnatural strength. Believe it or not, I used to have hair, and I used to have to go get a haircut. And the lady that cut my hair was a woman from Vietnam. And she was cutting my hair, and I witnessed to her, and this was years ago, and she said, yeah, I'm a Christian. And she talked about, uh, about Christianity, and we were talking about over there, and she said the difference between America and Vietnam is she said there's a whole lot more demon possession over in Vietnam. And that caught my attention. I'm like, what do you mean? She said, when you go over to Vietnam, there's lots and lots of witchcraft, lots and lots of this wickedness and, and the devil worship. She said, there's lots and lots of people who are demon possessed. She goes, but when I go over here in America, she goes, I hardly ever see. I don't see anything like that here. And she told me that they went out, her and her church, they went out to the park. And they, she said, we'd go and we'd go invite people to church and at, at this park over there in Vietnam where it was. She said, we'd bring these people to church. She said, almost every time we'd bring all these people in, and there'd be somebody come running down the aisles and fall on the ground and start just flopping around and foaming at the mouth, demon-possessed. And she said, I got over here, and there's nothing like that over here. See, in America, we're so blessed We live in a Christian country that the Holy Spirit's moving strong. But listen to me, guys. Now listen to me. This world, this country is getting more wicked. And as we're seeing the demon influence on this world, we're seeing the way people are starting to act, the way they conduct themselves. Don't be surprised. You're going to see more and more of this demon possession, more and more of this demon influence. And this is some of the stuff you need to be looking for. Look, keep your finger here, but look at Acts. Look at Acts chapter 19. I'm I'm going to show you an exorcism gone wrong. Uh, the, the, the movie, The Exorcist, one of the most famous horror movies of all time. That was based on a true story, but it was in a, it wasn't a girl. It was a little boy, and what it was is this little boy was a, had uh, lost his aunt. And he loved his aunt that had died. And he used a Ouija board. He used a Ouija board to try to talk to his aunt. And during the process of using this Ouija board, that's when he got the devil aimed. That's when he got the demon possession. That's when the devils came in, the unclean spirits, and came in and started controlling this boy. And a lot of the stuff they say you see in the movie is some of the stuff that took place of this guy who's trying to do this exorcism on this young boy. And always coming from playing with the Ouija board. Guys, don't play with Ouija boards. Don't play with the occult. Don't play with tarot cards. Don't play with none of this stuff. That's of the devil. That's just a a contact with the spiritual world where the devil can get in there and get in your body and use you. I'm talking to Christians. They can come on you, okay? You've got to be careful. And wh- what I just said earlier, it's, it's unclean. You're, you're talking about when you go into unclean places, you're going to pick up diseases, amen? You're going to pick up some germs and everything. That's the same thing. When you're messing with stuff that's unclean, that's when you're going to pick up an unclean spirit. Acts chapter 19, verse 13, an exorcism gone wrong. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists. See, it's right there in your Bible. King James Bible, 1611, exorcist. They were exercising, trying to exercise these spirits out of people. Took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus. They weren't saved. They were Jews, but they'd heard that by the name of Jesus Christ, these spirits were coming out of people. So they said, we're going to start doing exorcism through the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth.' So they'd heard that the Jesus that Paul was preaching about, they could use that, and evil spirits, these demons, would come out. Verse 14, and there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. So let's see what happens. And the evil spirit answered and said, listen to this. Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are (laughs) ye? Oh, let me tell you something, Christian. You hair on the back of your head better stand up because you know what? The devil knows exactly who you are. He knows you. The devil knows you. The spirits know exactly who you are. Hey, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but he says to that lost man, who are you? Hey, the devil don't care about you unless you belong to God, and then you put on his list. Then he starts caring about you. Hey, the evil spirit answered, said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye?" And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house, look, naked and wounded. That one demon-possessed man just whooped them all, ripped the clothes off of them and everything. They go running out of the house. Look at verse 17. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks, also dwelling in Ephesus. And look, fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. I think there'd be a lot of fear. They go in there and say, we adjure you by Jesus. Come out of him. I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't know you. Who are you? Then jump on them and just whip them, naked and wounded. This is not stuff you want to mess with, guys. This is not stuff you want to mess with, but, but with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Back in Mark chapter 5. So that's what was going on with this demon-possessed man in Mark chapter 5. The, uh, he, ha- he had this incredible strength, just like that that, uh, that demon-possessed man did there in Acts 19. At, at the end of verse 4 it says, Neither could any man tame him. Neither could any man tame him. Uncontrollable, unreasonable. Demon influence and demon possession is un- it will make you uncontrollable and unreasonable. And you've been around people like that. They get uncontrollable and unreasonable. There's no way to reason with them. There's no way to control them. They're uncontrollable. They're unreasonable. Neither could any man tame him. Look at verse 5. And always, always, night and day, he was in the mountains. Demon influence or demon possession causes you to have an affinity for high places. He has an affinity for high places. He wants to go up on high places. If you see a lot of these false religions, the Taoists and the Buddhists and stuff, they like to put their, if you've seen them, they like to put their little temples and their, and their monasteries and like to put them way up on the top of the mountains. We have to climb way up there to get to these monasteries and these temples. And it says here that he had an affinity for the mountains, up in the mountains, up in the high places. And in the tombs, look, it says in the middle of verse 5, and in the tombs, crying crying, crying. Depression and intense sorrow can be caused by demon possession and demon influence. Depression and intense sorrow. My wife has read an article and she, tried, she told me the, the numbers. And I, 25% of Americans have some kind of mental disorder. 25% of the people in America have some kind of mental disorder, be it depression or they're taking some kind of medicine. We know that a vast majority of that is not demon influence or demon possession, but how much of that is? Deep, intense sorrow. Without Jesus Christ, you have no hope. When you've got a country that's full of people that don't trust in Jesus Christ, that don't care about God, that don't care about Jesus, and the last thing on our mind is God and Jesus Christ, that's why we have so many people who are so depressed and sorrowful and have no hope. And that's demon influence on this country showing up in the way our mind works. When you don't keep your mind on God... You're not promised peace. If You'll keep your mind focused on Jesus Christ during the day. You'll have a lot of peace. You'll be surprised what you can go through when you have your mind focused on Jesus Christ. But this man was crying, all the, just crying uncontrollably, just, just wellowing and crying. And look at the end of verse 5. And cutting himself with stones. Self-mutilation. Self-mutilation, you see that with all the tattoos people are wearing, with all the, the piercings, the ears piercings, the nose piercings. I see guys, and they'll have these rings, and I, I can't make the big enough hoop to go in this. I don't know how they do it. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. They have these hoops that go in their ears, and they're like this big. They're called gauge rings or whatever. And I just want to reach in there with my finger and just, you know. Self-mutilation. Everywhere, people have tattoos all the way running up and down their arms. Everywhere, they, they can't wait to get all these tattoos. They can't wait to mutilate, the pierce themselves in every way. And, and it's all just self-mutilation. That's just demon influence on this country and demon-possessed people. Some of them are demon-possessed. That's what it is. It is. That's what it is, It's demon influence. That's what it is. It's a, it's a tattooing yourself. It, it, you think it feels good to get a tattoo on your arm or on your wrist or on your... He was cutting himself with stones. Guys, we have kids, teenagers in our school districts, in this area, that literally they have to go to the counseling because they take a razor and they cut their arm. They just sit there and just put cuts on their arms. And we're not talking about one or two kids. There's tons of kids. What is that? That's a demon influence. That's an evil spirit. That's, 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 that's the devil working in the world. That's the devil working in a man or a little boy or a little girl's life. That's the devil, and that's how the devil works. And we need to be aware of this stuff. Look at verse 6. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Hmm. So what you're going to find out about demon-possessed people and sometimes about demon-influenced people is they're they're very religious. They're very religious. Listen, you're not going to find the devil most times in the bars and the honky-tonks and what we would call the prostitute houses. You're going to find the devil in the church. The devil loves to be worshipped. The Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, he loves all that. He loves to be in churches. He loves to get to worship. He loves to get the glory. He loves people to worship him. And that's where you're going to find the devil. He's very, very, very religious. The main uh, gist of what the devil's trying to do is get you to worship him like you worship God. That's it. He He says in Isaiah 14, he said, I will be like the Most High God. He wants to be like God. He wants you to worship Him. So you're not going to find... What, you, what you're going to see in prostitute houses and, and the honky-tonks and bars, you're going to see man. You're going to see the flesh. You're going to see the sinful, fleshly thing of man. That's what you have going on over in Nevada and with Las Vegas and everything. But when you want to see the devil really at work, go, get into religion. Hey, y'all know this, and this is what the atheist loves to tell you. There's been more people killed in the name of religion than anything else. The Catholics, the Muslims, I'll say it again. The devil, the devil... The Catholics, the Muslims, the devil, the devil. I'm not saying there's not born-again Catholics, but the devil's running that Catholic system. Yeah, anybody who's getting worse is worshiping a statue and, and changing the Ten Commandments and doing the things that they do and the what they, the way they control their people, that's devil, demon influence ran system. That goes with the Catholic Church, the Islam, that, you know, obviously with Islam, amen. With the Jehovah's Witness, with the Mormons, these false cults. Being run by the devils in all that. He look. He says. He and he says he came and worship him. Verse seven and cried with a loud voice and said, "What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God?" Woo wee! Baptize him and let him join the church. He's made a profession of faith. That's what we would do. He never calls him Lord. Hey, the Bible says the devils believe and tremble. The devils know exactly who Jesus is. I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are ye? Well, he knows Jesus. Yeah, he knows Jesus. He's not stupid like an, like an atheist. He's not so stupid to be like an atheist or agnostic. He knows exactly who Jesus is. But he'll never take him as Lord and Savior. What have I to do with thee? Jesus. He never calls him Lord Jesus. That makes him your king. Lord Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. These devils and these demons, they know they've got a torment coming. It's called hell. They know it's coming. They're not so stupid as to say there is no hell and hell doesn't really exist. It's all in your mind. They know there's a torment and they say, "Don't torment me! Don't torment me right now." I've got the verse here and I hope I can find it real quick for you. I think it's in Matthew. Yeah, Matthew 8:29. And behold, this demon that cried out, saying, "We have what have we to do with thee, Jesus? Thou Son of God, art thou come hither to torment us before torment us before the time? Before the time." They know there's a time coming. They're gonna get thrown into hell. Verse 8, for he said, and this is uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 8. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. So Jesus Christ had commanded the unclean spirit to come out. Now, and he asked him, What is thy name? Jesus asked the demon, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name, singular, is legion, for we, plural, are many. My name's legion, but we are many. Now, a legion of Roman soldiers at the time was three to 5,000 soldiers. So it's not that you're just possessed by one demon or one unclean spirit or devils. It's many of them. You now like I've told you before, God shows us in the physical realm what's going on in the spiritual realm. You're right here in Mark chapter 5. Turn to Mark chapter 4 and verse 4. Now Jesus Christ gives the parable of the sower of the seed. And when he's giving the parable of the sower of the seed, he says in verse 4, he says, It came to pass as he sowed, this guy sown out the word of God, some fell by the wayside. And look, it says, And the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. The fowls of the air came and devoured it up. So when he gets done telling this parable, the disciples ask, Tell us what this means. And he tells them, and he says in verse 15, And these, he says verse 15, he says, And these are they by the wayside. Uh, where the word is sown but when they have heard, he said, "Fowls came divided up." It says, "Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts." So birds are types of unclean spirits, guys. And if a man is a top of a tree, Psalms chapter one. If what you have going on here, when he says we we are many, our name is legion. For we are many. What you have is if a bird is a top of an unclean spirit, you have a man sitting in a field, and he's standing as a man. A tree is standing in a field. And you ever seen a flock of birds come through, and it just they come they come in as one, and they they flow like this, and then what do they do? They come down and they just, they roost on that tree. When you see that going on in nature, that's a type. What you're seeing there, that's what goes on in the spiritual world. You have an unclean spirits and they come together and they come and they just roost on a man. See, that's what God's showing you what can be going on in the spiritual realm. And that's what's going on. Here he is. Three to five thousand. It's like going, have you ever been over to Walmart in Brownwood, Texas? all those gackles or whatever they call them come in there? And there's just, uh, literally thousands of those black birds and they come and they just come and they just roost in those trees, you know. And every time I see that, I think of this right here. I think of Legion. Because what did he say there in Mark chapter 5? Back in Mark chapter 5, verse 6, he said, And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name, my name is Legion, for we are many. We are many. In verse uh, 10, And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. For some reason, devils and unclean spirits, they like to be, in, the, in a certain region, in a certain country. And I don't know why, but that's just another thing where the devil, that, that unclean spirit says, do not send me out of the country. So verse 11, now there were, was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils. Notice in verse 12 it says, and all the devils. He calls them devils. See that plural, devils? And he called it in verse 2, a man with an unclean spirit. So unclean spirits and devils are the same thing. It's, the, uh, it's, a, it's a biblical term. You're not going to find the word demon in your King James Bible, devils and an unclean spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit, it's an unclean spirit. And the devils besought him, verse 12, and all the devils besought him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter therein. So uh, if he can't have, if if a devil or unclean spirit can't have a place to dwell, if he can't be in you, he'd he'd rather be in an animal, in a pig. What does that say about your flesh if their second choice is a pig? Y'all just chomp on that one for a little while. (laughs) That says a lot. I know how my flesh is. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Maybe some of y'all need to be... You have your eyes open, your flesh to the devils. The devils, The they, second choice is a pig. They said, send us into the swine that we may enter therein. In verse 13, and forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. So the devils are an unclean, a demon possession, demon influence uh, can be on animals. Unclean spirits can go into animals. I think that you see this in dogs. You know, you hear about these dogs attacking people. The thing I, sometimes I wonder... If there's not an unclean spirit, I, we've had my wife has some cats, and one, one of her cats, I think, has got a devil in it, or something. The way it acts, biting, and clawing, and scratching, acting weird, and everything else. And as you see it right there, he entered into the swine. Those devils. So spirits don't like; they do not like dry places. They do not like; they like wet places. And your body's 80% water. And they love they love wet places. Now, before we finish up and close, look at Mark chapter look at Mark chapter nine, and I'll show you something that you might, maybe some of y'all don't even know or realize. Mark chapter nine, verse twenty one, and this is another demon possessed person, and they bring him to Jesus Christ. And verse twenty, and they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, the demon saw Jesus Christ straight away, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. Remember that's what I was telling you. The lady from Vietnam said would happen to them. They just fall on the ground and start wallowing around like a snake foaming at the mouth. That's what it's that's what described right there in verse 20. Look at verse 21. And he asked his father, Jesus asked, his, asked the father of this kid, How long has, is it a ghost since this came unto him? The devil came unto him and he said, Of a child. So a child can get demon possessed. A child can have unclean spirits come on now. You turn on the news nowadays, guys, and you see, you hear kids killing their parents. You hear some of the wickedness going on in the world, I'm here to tell you that's demon influence, that's demon possession. I believe that. It would, it, you'd have to have some kind of demon influence to do some of the wickedness you're seeing some of these people do to each other. So children can get this too. You've got to be careful. Verse 22. And oftentimes they have cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. See, the suicide. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And of course, Jesus Christ does. Back in Mark chapter 5. So you see that a, a little child can get demon possessed. A little child can have an unclean spirit come into him and on him. And uh, you've got to be really careful what you let your kids watch. you got to be real careful what you let your kids do. And he entered into the swine, the, the legion. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. And there were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. So for whatever reason, the devils, they desire wet places. And I mentioned that earlier. They desire wet places. And we know that bodies, you know, like a human body is about 80% water. Maybe a little less, some of it, but you see how much it loves to be in wet places. Jesus Christ says in Luke chapter 11. If you if you're keeping track of some of this, Luke chapter 11, verse 24, Jesus Christ talks about them. He going out into dry, this demon, this spirit, going out into dry places, and it, he's not finding any rest. and He wants to go back to somewhere wet. So if you think about that, how demon-possessed people and demon-influenced people love wet places, think of all the wicked cities. Let's let's, just take America, okay? We'll just cut the world out of it. Let's just take America. And you look at all the wicked cities in America. And where are those wicked cities? 99 out of 100, where are they located at? Right along the coastline. I'll give you one right off the top. San Francisco, Houston, New Orleans, Miami, New York. They, the demons and demon possessed people demon they love wet places where's the bible belt at right in the middle of america as far away from the ocean as you can get there's something there there's something there about the and they love they love wet places uh, you might ask uh, ask me well uh, have you ever ran into demon possessed people i have one time i've have experienced i've come across some different times that i wondered if the devil wasn't working in somebody's life i know for a fact the devil's talked out of somebody to me I know that for a fact because they said something to me they had no idea that, that I would know or whatever. But I've actually ran into somebody one time that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt was demon possessed. I was down street preaching down at Mardi Gras down in New Orleans. It was Mardi Gras height of Mardi Gras season. There was I don't know how many people were there, it was elbow to elbow, and we we're out handing out tracts and street preaching. And there was a guy that started following me. And he was following me, and he said, This man is telling the truth. This man is telling the truth. And I didn't think much of him because there's so many drunks down there. But in in hindsight, I get to looking back, and it reminds me of what that woman with the divination spirit was doing to Paul when she was following Paul, saying he's preaching the truth, he's preaching the truth. And Paul got tired of it, turned around and rebuked her and cast the the devil out of her. And then they they took Paul and arrested him because they lost their money they were going to make off this woman that was doing the divination. She was like a fortune teller. Well, this guy down there was doing that to me. He was yelling out, this guy's telling the truth, and I didn't think nothing of it because he stayed about, you know, 10 feet or more away from me, and I just, I just ignored him, you know, because like I said, I thought he was drunk, and there was so many drunks down there, people throwing beer at us and beads and all, you can imagine what it's like at Mardi Gras, and you're trying to tell people about Jesus Christ, you know, it didn't go over real well, but I'm glad I did it. We finally got together and we're getting closed up and, and it's co- coming to the evening and uh, the, some of my other brothers in Christ came over there. So he was the one down there. and Brother Soche, Mark Smith, some of those guys y'all have heard me mention before he come down there. And, and, and so says, okay guys, here's some street signs. And we just had these scripture signs. And all we were going to do is just take these scripture signs. We we're going to walk down Bourbon Street because we we're down there by Jackson Square, down in that area. And that man was there, and he come up to me, and he said, what are you all about to do? I said, well, we're about, to, we're about to come over here, and we're going to hold these signs up. And he looks at me, and he goes, you blankety-blank, and he spit right on me, right at my feet. You blankety-blank, and spit right at me. And I looked at him, and when I looked in his eyes, he wasn't looking at me. Somebody else was. I could see it in his eyes. He was demon-possessed. And until I go to my grave, I'll never deny that. I, I believe with all my heart. That guy, there was a demon speaking to me out of his eyes. I seen it. From that point on in my life, I, that's when I noticed that it's in their eyes. You'll see it in their eyes. The window of the soul is of the eyes, the Lord Jesus Christ says. If you look at a person's eyes, you can see a lot what's going on. When somebody won't make eye contact with you because they don't want you to see what they've been doing wrong. And uh, when people don't want to make eye contact, usually nine times out of ten, I know there's some shy people, but a lot of times it's because people don't want you to read them because you can they don't want you to see their soul. You know, and it says there in, in a verse 13. It says there were there were about 2,000 of them, these pigs, and they were choked. They were choked in the sea. They desired to. They desired to. They desire to be in a body when it dies. We read that where that little boy has been cast in the fire is trying to destroy the little boy. That's why you see these people get demon influenced and demon possessed. They want to commit suicide. They try to kill themselves. A lot of that is demon influence. They want to be in a body when it dies for whatever reason. Pigs or swine, they go running down into the ocean and then they die and they die in the ocean. It's the first case of deviled ham. It's the first case of deviled ham ever that we've ever known of. Some of y'all being too serious. It gets kind, of, gets kind of quiet in here sometimes. You can hear a pin drop in here. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what was that was done. And they came to Jesus, see him that was possessed with the devil. Notice this is what Jesus does for somebody and had the legion. He was sitting, and he was clothed, and he was in his right mind. And they were afraid. When Jesus gets a hold of you, he's going to get you in your right mind. Amen. And look what happens. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that he was possessed with the devil. With the devil. Look, see that? And also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him, talking to Jesus Christ, to depart out of their coast. When Jesus Christ changes a man's life, he comes in and he cleans you and washes you and puts you in your right mind and you start dressing right and you start calming down and you start sitting down. That's when people want you to get away from them. They tell Jesus, we want you to leave now. And I'm here to tell you, some of y'all, y'all have lost a lot of friends when you accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, because, you know, he's not the good old boy he used to be. He don't want to go out drinking like he used to. He don't want to go out womanizing like he used to. He don't want to do all that stuff. He's not the same old guy. And they want you to leave. Some people say, well, if I accept Jesus Christ, you know, my friends will, my friends will leave me. Yeah, they, they're going to leave you. You don't have to worry about running them off. They're going to leave you because you're not no fun of them anymore. And that's the way the world is. It says, pray to him to part out of the coat. Hey, leave us. This guy's been tormenting us. This guy's been running around crying in the tombs and you finally calmed him down. Now we want you to leave. We don't have nothing else to do with it. That's the world, guys. That's the way the world is. They don't like Jesus Christ and they don't like what Jesus Christ does. Jesus Christ puts you in your right mind. And they're not in their right mind. And they want to stay in their wrong mind. And they want to keep doing and living the life they want to live. Let's close out. And when he was coming to the ship, talking about Jesus, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. He wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus had cleaned him and washed him and he just wanted to go back with Jesus. That's how it was when I first got saved. I just wanted Jesus 24 hours a day. Do you remember a time like that? Remember a time when you were so in love with Jesus, you would have followed him anywhere, you would have got on the ship with him. Oh man, we need to be back in love with Jesus Christ again, don't we? Amen. Amen. We, need to, we need to remember that he's cleaned us and washed us and he's put us in our right mind. And we need to get back in the ship with him. You know, look what Jesus says though, verse 19. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great the things the Lord hath done for thee. And i had compassion on me. He said, go home and tell your friends how good I've been to you. Have we been doing it? Have we been going home and telling how good and the great things God has done for us? This man did. This man did. And that was Jesus Christ's commandment. He goes, no, just go home and tell your friends all the great things that have been done to you. Let me ask you a question this morning in closing. What do you think it was like when that, that wife was around the kitchen and she was washing the dishes and the kids ran in and said, Daddy's humming. I seen Daddy coming, Mama. Daddy's coming down the road. I seen Daddy coming. Don't you think she got scared? Go, go hide in the closet. And, and here comes that, that man that was crying and cutting himself. And no man contained was running around naked and acting crazy in the tombs, in the cemeteries, up in the mountains. just doing. All this, and she knows here comes this crazy man I married. And here he comes down the road and she sees him. And he's clothed and he's in his right mind. And he comes walking up the steps and she opens up that door and she sees that smile on his face and she sees that glow on his face. And she says, Jack, and he says, honey, I've met a man named Jesus Christ and I'm saved and he's forgiven me and I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall at Indian Gap Baptist Church. I got a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? Do you realize the Bible says you can know that you have eternal life? And Jesus Christ encouraged us in John chapter 3 verse 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Are you saved? Jesus says, He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Have you believed in the name of Jesus Christ? Romans chapter 10 verse 13 tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you think of a time you called on Jesus Christ to save you? Well, if you haven't, friend, I encourage you to get down on your knees and pray, admit you're a sinner, and ask Jesus Christ to save you the best way you know how. And I'm here to tell you that He will save you. Now, if you prayed that prayer or if you'd like to get a hold of us, contact us at indiangapbaptist.com, indiangapbaptist.com. Until next time, God bless.